Is it the next best thing to a Vita or the worst thing since swept away? By request, we checked out the next best thing from 2000 to see if we could redeem it. Were we successful? Find out after the theme. So bad it's good, what's this movie, do you think we should? It's got bad, I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Hello and welcome back to the Redeeming Features cast. Yes, we finally got back here in amongst all the crazy world stuff. I am Trevor Holland and I am joined by my good friend, co-host and king of cult cinema and awesome online music video nights. <laughs> Christian Fletcher. Sorry, I was taken aback by my awesome intro. Thank you so much, Trevor. And it seems like it's been a while since we've, we've joined each other, but with this modern world and technology, we can keep it going in some way. <laughs> We sure can. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Everyone's, I guess, doing the best we can. And we certainly hope that everyone out there who is listening to this is doing well and is all safe. So uh, really, we're here to hopefully bring you a bit of joy or pain, depending on how this conversation <laughs> goes. So before we go any further, I will just drop a little spoiler warning. Uh, we will be discussing the nest. The nest. The next Best Thing, the 2000 Madonna movie, as requested by Leo from Boston. So however this go, goes, Leo, it's all your fault. <laughs> and probably our listeners would be quite shocked that Christian didn't suggest the Madonna movie because <laughs> she seems to have made a couple of appearances over the years. So, But no, this is Leo's choice and a movie that I've... I've have never had never seen all the way through let's just say and so this made me sit down and watch it <laughs> oh that could be uh i don't know is that a, yeah well we no, won't talk too much about this going. That, <laughs> was, I, that was a just i've been i'd been distracted and never finished it so we'll just yeah. say that well i mean madonna this is her third appearance i guess you could say in the redeeming features cast back uh, going back to our previous rufus project podcast days so we redeemed evita and swept away was so irredeemable, I felt like I needed a shower afterwards. So I guess you can say this is a tiebreaker. Yeah, and I think the fact that Evita got through is good, but yeah, she's not my words, but she is referred to as a movie killer. So let's <laughs> see how, um, how she fares with, I suppose, a movie that kind of comes right pretty much in between those other two movies. So, you know, she was pretty much fresh off Evita, I think, when she did this. So... Well, not fresh off, but, you know, it was her most sort of recent one after that. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And there's no Antonio to prop it up either. Mm, yeah, exactly. Mm. And you can't sing your way through it, so it's, it's a bit different. <laughs> and this was at the stage where Madonna was kind of her, what they call the hippie mother, spiritual, I love Kabbalah, doing yoga and all that kind of phase. <laughs> and um, let's just say she got any opportunity she could to kind of Put this through the movie and i'm not saying that she has kind of an egotistical control over movies but i'm sure she had a, a lot of say with a lot of things apparently she even handpicked 
all the music that was used for the soundtrack, not just her songs. So I think she had a lot more to do with this film than just an actress in the movie. Fair enough. Well, uh, before we, I suppose, talk too much specifically, uh, I thought we'd better start with a little synopsis for those who may not have seen The Next Best Thing. Uh, now, this is straight off IMDb, so not my own words. Uh, so, Abby, tired of failed relationships, has a one-night stand with her gay friend. They agree to raise the resulting baby together. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. When I hear gay best friend, I just think, of course, there's a Madonna alone thing. <laughs> I don't know if that was a given, but I, I think they were very much trading off, I think, before... The movie was even made, her and Rupert Everett were sort of good, good friends that was going into that. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a passion project for the two of them to, I don't know, work together. And um, yeah, yeah <laughs> apparently well, they weren't friends with the end of it, but <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. Yes, indeed. I've got a little bit of trivia about, um, about a couple of things. There's not too, actually it wasn't much trivia about this, to be honest, but um, I've dug up what I can. But first we need to talk turkey in our turkey trivia section. Uh, now, this movie is rated 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb. It had a budget of $25 million. Its box office, $24 million worldwide. Ouch. But I'm even surprised, not to reveal too much, I'm even surprised it was $25 million. Maybe maybe 20 had to go to Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> quite possibly, quite possibly. And the get, budget. Anyway, we'll get to that. I mean, post post Vita, she she wouldn't have been going too cheap. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, she won a Golden Globe. I know it's not an Academy Award, but a Golden Globe for a woman that kills movies would have been a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think yep. she could kind of name her name her price and and her um, you know, what her involvement would be. So. Indeed. Well, uh, while we're talking about awards, I've, I've got a few awards to sit up here. So I'll start with a couple of nominees um, that this one, uh, this one gained. First up, the Online Film and Television Association nominated Best Music Adapted Song for Madonna's cover of American Pie. And the Young Star Awards uh, had a Young Star Award nomination for Malcolm Stumpf, for best young actor slash performance in a motion picture comedy. <laughs> is this the guy that played the son? I believe so, yes. This oh, God. Oh, Trevor, we are clutching at straws <laughs> if these are the awards they're getting. Well, th these are nominations. <laughs> uh, now, we've also got a uh, Stinker's Bad Movie Awards uh, nominees for Worst Song for American Pie and <laughs> Worst Song or Song Performance in a Film or its End Credits also for Madonna, American Pie. Uh, Madonna did clinch the Stinker's Bad Movie Worst Actress Award for this movie. And the Razzies, it was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Screen Couple, so Madonna with either Everett or Brett, Worst Director, John Schlesinger, Worst Screenplay, Tom Ropolewski. Madonna, again, won the Razzie for Worst Actress. Uh, and... Further to that, in 2010, the Razzie Awards did nominate her for Worst Actress of the Decade. I don't know who <laughs> she lost out to, but, but, you know, quite a prestigious nomination there. Well, that is the decade that swept away fits into as well. So Oof. I'm just trying to think of, yeah, actually she wouldn't have done, but yeah. Okay, those two, that, they would have been the clincher, but um, yeah. yeah, quite interesting there. 
<laughs> actually not interesting and you but um look I'll, I'll say it outright and I know a lot of fans um you know don't believe this but i actually don't mind her cup of american pie but um they make sure they ram it down your throat as much as they can with this um movie i, I will mention american pie later let's just put it that way <laughs> <laughs> i thought this might have its own subsection Indeed, indeed. Now, uh, just a bit of trivia I dug up. Um, now, apparently, Rupert Everett, Everett, that was good. Rupert Everett disliked the script and originally turned the role down. Paramount really wanted to hire him so much that they offered him a producing and writing credit and the right to pick his co-star. Everett picked the longtime friend Madonna. Uh, however, during production, Everett was fired as producer and co-writer. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't see how that actually happens, especially with the producer side of things. But um, I can see the writing. Yeah, I can see why you'd fire him over that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's even credited as a writer in the final movie, so I'm not too sure. Maybe they just didn't want to keep him on with those credits. I don't know. Uh, speaking of rewriting the script, in the original script, Abby worked as a swimming instructor. After reading it, Madonna decided that the character should be a yoga instructor. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the height of her, as I said, the, her yoga spiritual phase, even to the point of, as we see later in the movie, having a full scene dedicated to the new guy she's trying to hook up with, <laughs> having a big extended yoga scene, almost to show off the stuff that she's learned. And I could definitely say that would have been something she would have had her way with, having that scene. <laughs> just, just so the new guy can also have a comical yoga moment with the kid. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the uh, kid with the heartstrings. They, yeah, they, yeah, they know how to pull it with this one. <laughs> again, as we, I, I'm pretty sure we'll cover that over. Um, <laughs> now, the uh, the other thing is really not much to do with the movie at all. Uh, is essentially that the house that we saw Rupert Everett at at the most, where he played the gardener, was Cecil B. DeMille's old house. Ah, interesting. I was going to actually say, I didn't write it down, but in my notes, I'm like, God, I love that house. <laughs> it is an impressive so, uh, house. It's good to know it has that history involved with it, actually. It does. So, uh, so again, before we talk too much more about the movie itself, we, we do need to set our baseline. Now, this podcast is called Redeeming Features. That means we take a movie with the less than stellar reputation, performance or review and see if we can redeem it. So to do that, we need to set up baseline. So I went to Amazon and I found this review to let us know what we're working from. The title of this review is Muddled and Confused Accent, Acting and Movie, Minus Five. OMG, this movie is a minus five. Madonna's ridiculous half-British accent is beyond annoying. If the people working with her had any kind of balls, they would have told her she sounds like an idiot. The director should have forced her to clean this up. What a mess this movie is. It never seemed to decide what it was trying to say or be. Comedy? Drama? New family roles? Salad at the end? It did keep my attention for a few hours on TV, where it seemed it should have been in the first place like total lifetime movie and a bad one. The ending is so abrupt, I think the producers knew it was unfixable. So officially on Amazon, it was a one star, but as per the title, they gave it a negative five. <laughs> God, I was nodding just so much about what that person was saying, but um, yeah. And that was also Madonna going into her, what I've got here, the breathy, 
slightly British accent. Well, not slightly. It ends up becoming a bit more full on. And, and it does seem very much like she's trying to do her Breathless Mahoney from um, Dick Tracy where everything has to be said like this. And I think once you hear, once you hear it, you can't unhear it for everything she says from then on. I've got to admit, like, um, I mean, this movie was referred to a comedy in those reviews. I think the only time I actually was laugh, I did laugh, was when uh, Madonna started trying that accent because she doesn't hit it straight away. Like, initially, it's not really there, and then it is there, and then it's kind of half there, and then it's gone, and then it's back. I, I mean, we're talking about things that 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 I uh, noticed in this movie that terrible all over the place <laughs> accent by Madonna, especially with someone so clipped and proper as Rupert Everett. Um, it's well, just that's, like, that's seriously? What, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. It's always the more, more obvious when she's, not exactly that we know the other actors very well, but, you know, when she's against up against experienced actresses or actors in the same scene, you can really tell that she's out of her depth and very much just sort of, reading the lines that's what it sort of feels like or going through the motions and, and i don't know if it was something in her contract but was it just me would you notice there was a lot of use of basking her face in the particular light they would use in those 40s movies you know when those black and white movies when you'd mm. have a thing of light across just their eyes like a blind yeah. i noticed that a few times it might have been more in the earlier scenes and, and i almost had the image had feelings of madonna going nope fix my lighting i want this well, they, they all got it that's the thing they all got it there were scenes with madonna with that there were scenes with rupert there were scenes with beefcake guy um the other guy i forgot his name already that's how memorable he yeah. was and he's a major <laughs> part of the movie i've already forgotten <laughs> But I wonder if, too, actually, you're talking about the Cecil, the Cecil DeMille um, reference, and there's also, you know, the reference to the um, Fred Astaire VHS, you know, they're watching all the old 30s musicals, and I'm wondering if it was all supposed to have this whole kind of flighty feeling about it and it just kind of failed miserably. I don't know. Are you saying they tried to get a bit meta and failed? Yeah, I think so. Even though we say meta and fail, okay, maybe the, the, the meta part, no, but it does actually, once we get past, like this, admittedly, I, I'll give this movie credit, it, it gives it, its characters a lot more development, but like that review you read out, the ending was just so abrupt, like they spend so much time giving us the character, you know, development in the back behind the scenes. And you're like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. So the, by the time the whole custody situation comes through or what's going to happen with this kid, it feels like just a very rushed finale. And it actually does sort of open up a, a lot of sort of deep stuff. Like it makes the Rupert Everett character go, oh, hang, hang on, maybe I do want to settle down and be a father. And it makes Madonna who apparently seems to get the blame for all of the sex and because she's a nymphomaniac. I was really, I found that really quite full on. I love how as soon as they have sex together, she gets blamed for it. Like it's never Rupert Everett's fault. He got aggro so quickly. Yeah. But the, I mean, you say character development, it's more like character arc. Like Rupert starts off very flighty and campy and, and like all his gay friends are all the fun characters, whereas Madonna's all serious. And then it kind of just evolves where, Rupert gets more serious uh, as things get more pear-shaped for him and, and Madonna seems to get more more serious and, and more, well, almost antagonistic and nasty as it progresses. So it's almost like this, you know, this I don't really care what's going on outside of what I'm doing seems to almost reverse through the, uh, through the progression of the movie. And I think it would be so hard because you've got to understand too, yeah, the whole fact that he's, 
discovered that he's not actually the father that he's thought this whole time. And I don't know, but even though I think a lot of that sort of felt like it was, well, I suppose it had to happen for the plot to <laughs> develop the way it was, but, but it also did feel like this whole court case. And well, that's what I was thinking. Like it, it, parts like this, it did get, what I thought quite deep where it could have dealt if any other movie, it could have been a lot more serious and delved into a lot more, but um, they just didn't seem to, it was too much spent trying to, yeah, as you said, work, the characters would just change so much before anything's sort of really happened. And I don't know. It, it's interesting at first I'm thinking, oh, they're trying to avoid anything sort of gay stereotypes. You've got him. Okay. Admittedly he's working as a gardener, not necessarily that's the gayest stereotype, but you know, they didn't have him as a hairdresser. Like he was out there doing labor and all this sort of stuff. But, um, but then you'd have the, the old gay couple you live with and they just throw every gay cliche they could <sighs> throw out. And then of course, when Madonna wants her keys back from her um, boyfriend in the record studio, happy to put on the um, the act of being his boyfriend or something and going in and embarrassing him with every gay cliche they could think of. Yeah, I mean, that's just very, like, Rupert didn't get too much of the gay cliches, but every other gay character around him did, and they pretty much hit every cliche. Like, we, we meet the rest of Rupert's gay friends first at a funeral where, where um, the, the boyfriend of one who's obviously died from HIV is being buried and we've got the whole... They, they spend a lot of time almost working on the negative uh, implications that, that, that a, lot of, uh, a lot of gay would have had to put up with at the time. Like, you know, his boyfriend mm-hmm. died of HIV, the, the parents didn't acknowledge any of his wishes or his desires or anything like that. They had to be buried in the traditional way according to the family. They wouldn't even let him wear the suit he wanted to wear and the casket, all this sort of stuff. And um, later on when, um, yeah, again, like with, with the, with the old couple that Rupert works in the gardener for just camping it all up, you know, campy things and dresses and bowers <laughs> everywhere. Oh Fred yeah. yeah. Ginger Rogers um, videos. And then later in the court case, when, when Madonna lawyer starts trying to discredit Rupert, he goes straight to, well, you've been to gay clubs and you had a boyfriend who got arrested for drugs and, and does all but imply that, you know, being a gay man kind of, you know, would be almost like letting a, this kid stay with a gay man would almost be like admitting that he'd be sexually assaulted. I mean, at that point, really, I, I felt sick during that mm, entire mm. section. And, and that's just it. Like, I know that the point is to, to, I suppose, give us more sympathy towards Rupert's character because, you know, he ends up being the underdog trying to fight to keep, um, keep custody of, uh, of the son that he's been the father of for, like, a good six years to this point. That's another thing about mm. this movie. It starts really slow. It takes ages to get to the bit where they bonk. There's a whole extended sequence yeah. where Madonna doesn't talk to him and it's like almost oh, a month and a half, two months down the track, she works out she's pregnant. Then she goes back to him. Good job, Madonna, you bitch. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then I think they skip straight away. Of course, they're not going to go through the, the first couple of years, but I love how conveniently he's now five or six years old. Just to, That's right. Yes. <laughs> skip, even though they've spent what feels like an hour developing everything up until this point. But, yeah. but like you touched on it then and it just kind of hit me then. And I'm like, oh, they could have used the gay character, you know, not to say a stereotype, but use the, use the gay friends of Rupert a little bit later in the story to give him moral support when all this stuff was happening at the court case. I love how they, they kind of don't reappear ever again. 
Although you know, they, do, they do at one point, uh, the, the, the friend whose partner was being buried at the start comes back later after things oh, get pear-shaped, right. um, after Madonna yes. meets a new man and they're thinking about heading back to New York and taking Sam with them and all that. And so he's going, well, I told you so. Oh, by the way, his friend now has HIV. Good job, movie. Just keep, keep, keep giving shit to the gay guys. Good job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and boy. It's, it's quite interesting. Even for, uh, I suppose, 1999, 2000, yeah, there was stuff that you just go, wow, like, this is interesting that they've gone that that angle, I suppose. And and um, just to digress to something a bit more positive or quirky, but was it just me or his parents were bloody weird? Yeah. <laughs> Rupert Everett's parents. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why did they just... Like, you can understand that they want to bond with their child, but why do they have to have an extended sequence of them rolling around on the ground with him at the birthday party? I'm just scratching my head going, was this needed? Well, I, Maybe that was a comic relief. Yeah, because <laughs> when, when the parents first turn up, they are just so interested in Madonna's character for some stupid reason. It's not like he is a partner, and, and it's not the, the point where he's mentioned to them that he's having a, well, as far as he's aware, he's having a child with this woman and and the as soon as the dad finds out that you know that he's still gay and they're not getting married he says i'm going to catch a cab because he refuses to to you know go in the car with his son and then yeah suddenly six years later granddad has a change of heart and turns up at the sixth birthday party and starts playing with the kid and all is good oh yeah 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 good job again (laughs) there's just this there's just major changes to characters both major and minor with just no in between <laughs> and, mm, mm. and, like, just, yeah. and you kind of get the idea now that yeah like what you said about how Rupert Everett helped with the script or not even just him but you get the feeling that a few people were involved with this script and it kind of didn't flow in the same way that it, it could have and like what you know it kind of rushed to the end where it could have been quite a deep thing about a you know how would you deal with this sort of situation which is quite a you know important you know, thing rather than spending time on them rolling around on the grass at a kid's yeah. birthday party or a gender reveal or whatever it was. I can't even remember. Um, yeah, because I kind of go straight from, I suppose, a baby shower almost at the start. Um, I don't know if she's, if she's had the child when at this first party and it transitions oh, yeah. from that straight to the sixth birthday party. That's right, yeah. And I don't know what it is, but in my notes here, I'm like... Rupert tells his parents and his dad goes, if you were younger, I'd give you a smack or something really weird. And I'm just like, this is such an odd. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I almost get the feeling that mum and dad were supposed to be the comic relief of the movie and it just failed miserably. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to work that out because it is listed as a comedy drama. Uh, I mean, you know, some of the, the interaction between the gay characters, I think, was meant to be a bit witty and campy. Unfortunately, it was, well, I mean, it was campy, but it wasn't witty. Um, I, mm. I think the, and I think the only reason they had that scene where the, uh, the well, the grandfather, in quotes, because as you mentioned before, we find out that the, the kid actually is the record producer's rather than Rupert's. He comes in a bit later when Rupert's trying to sue for custody, again, because Madonna has decided, because Rupert had one hissy fit and decided to walk home with Sam, has decided that she's just going to move out of their joint house without telling him and take the kid with them. Good job, Madonna. Excellent. Yeah. You are being a <laughs> bitch with that. And uh, and so Granddad pops up with a, with a big check to help pay for Rupert's legal bills, which ultimately, ultimately proves fruitless because he 
he pretty much loses and, and the only reason they don't get to move straight to New York is because the uh, he convinces the real father to turn up and uh, basically they're told that that they can't let Sam leave the state for four months and we're just <laughs> like, okay that's conveniently timed just as Rupert's about yeah, to lose and yeah. give them free reign to move to New York oh yeah and then again like we that comes back to that earlier review where they just sort of felt like they rushed to this point and and you get the feeling that they've all there's some kind of resolve but there'd be people that weren't aren't happy but we're not given that indication we just sort of feel like madonna had this really close relationship with rupert everett now they're just sort of seeing each other when visitation comes up and everyone's all happy with it like well he doesn't even get visitation that's the thing he doesn't get visitation with the kid at all the uh, the biological father does and then and then we just have this convenient thing where rupert's essentially across the road from sam's school gets spotted right. by madonna's yes. new husband and they have a conversation where it's like okay we've got this court it's like four months later or within the four months oh yeah the real dad's only turned up once and never been seen again i'm not going for that job in new york i'm now going to stay here in California, I guess it was, whatever, whatever city it was. Madonna comes out, looks grumpy, bundles sand into the car and refuses to let him see Everett. He walks sadly back to his truck. Then suddenly they pull up and Madonna just goes, here, you can take him for dinner, but make sure you get us home, get him home to us. <laughs> and you go, what, how, why did that yep. suddenly happen? And, <laughs> and, and then Rupert gets his happily ever after with a still shot of him reading a book upside down to Sam saying he got joint custody yeah 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 what? and i just feel <laughs> i think like the whole fact like what you said earlier like it's a movie that didn't quite know what it wanted to be and like even as a drama it would fail miserably it's definitely not a comedy yeah oh god did i just i just got to the end of the movie didn't i um was there any other thing that before we, I suppose, move on because we have just discussed the end of the movie? Um, I just, just, just I'm just glad you're the... more succinct about being able to say stuff than I yeah. am about it because honestly, by the you know, afterwards, that's what you know, in all my notes here, I'm like going, wow, they've actually bothered to spend time giving us this sort of character development and stuff. And then by the time you look, I say character development in inverted commas, but then when we've got 20 minutes to go, we're like, oh, we better solve it quickly, and yeah, yeah. It's you, just, you, you said it much better than I could, Trevor, so... Yeah. It's just done, and then we get that bloody awful cover of American Pie over the closing credits. <laughs> I, um, I don't mind it, but um, when I do a Madonna party every year, I don't play it, because I've gathered that uh, it doesn't go over very well. But I'm just glad, Trevor, like I was saying, Madonna has a lot of say, and she picked the entire soundtrack. I was just glad that when they played Don McLean's version of American Pie during the funeral that they didn't use Madonna's version. That would have just been really odd. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she does get to sing along with it, but that's about it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just glad that they used the original. But uh, another thing, like I love that song in general, you know, both versions yeah. suit me, but I was quite surprised at why they chose that song in general. But, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm not, I need to think a bit more into it, but there's must be some reason. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, the, the, um, the guy who died apparently wanted to be cremated and as his ashes were scattered, people would sing American Pie. I believe that was yeah, the Yeah, but I'm, I'm, just interested, then, yeah. I'm just interested to why they chose that song, the filmmakers, I mean. Probably so Madonna could sing the cover version at the end. Yeah, um, she guessing. wanted something that was more in her range. 
Plus, you get don't sad. don't listen to her version of Imagine. <laughs> oh God, I just you have horrified me, Christian. I've already we'll leave that yeah, alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go far away from that now. Um, now this gives us a bit of a dilemma because normally whoever like picks the movie, the other person goes first. But at this particular time, uh, the movie was picked by Leo. So I'm trying to think who should go first. Um, I mean, I will be picking the next movie. So I'm guessing if I go first this time with the redeeming features part and then you can go next time around. That sound good? It sounds great, Trevor. Even though it sounds great, I shouldn't be too excited until I hear what the movie is. <laughs> I've well, got to come back out now. No, no, no. It's uh, open on another tab on my computer here. Okay, so the next best thing from the year 2000. It was a boring long drawn out movie even considering it was only an hour 47 god it felt like a longer i noticed it started with hammy acting went around to bad acting and then uh to round it out they tried some sad acting towards the end i mean look i know they were trying to show uh like homophobia and 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 the like to create sympathy for rupert but it was so badly handled what i particularly came up against was a section where they had kids essentially just casually using hate speech at Sam's birthday party. Now, I don't care when this was made. As far as I'm concerned, that's just not acceptable. The way that they handled this stuff really just was so meat-fisted that it made me feel more than just a little bit ill. Uh, and I was quite angry by this other movie by the end. So you can probably guess that I consider this movie is in no way redeemable at all. <laughs> oh, Trevor, there's not too many things I can top on top of that because I agree with a lot of that. But what, what you think had the, I suppose, the makings of being something quite deep and, and, and dealing with, like I said, you know, him wanting to settle down and her wanting to change her ways was really just handled so badly and it all comes down to a really terrible script. And um, sorry, Madonna, your acting just did not save this movie. I don't think it ever can, usually. But um, what to say, look, I think if I'm going to give, look, probably if I'm going to give any good thing, I liked the use of music and I liked just clever things like, you know, after the they referred to the Fred Astaire musicals, they then did a dance routine or whatever to stepping out with my baby. Stupid. Look, I'm clutching at straws here, but you know, that, <laughs> that was one thing that stood out to me. If I was going to give an award, Trevor, we'd talk about Razzies. I'm going to say the best lighting through blinds on actors' faces. This movie would definitely win that one. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and, um, and of course, everything had to be because they're right next to the pool. Everyone had to have this ripple effect on their, um, their faces. But yeah, I really think this could have been something a lot deeper. For movies like this, check out something like Kramer versus Kramer with Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman. And, and that's movies of the similar style done well because this just, yeah, yeah, failed miserably. So, yeah, not redeemable at all. <laughs> there we go. Uh, a very definitive and not redeemable for the next best thing. Uh, now, saying that, the title of this podcast is Redeeming Features. So, we do try to end on a high note regardless of our thoughts. So I, I did go back to Amazon and I had a look at the other end of the scale and I found this review. Take a deep breath, relax and enjoy. So many bad things are said about this film, it must somehow be good. Luckily it is. 
Perhaps much of all that criticism springs from unjustified expectations. Let me try to put two points right. First, this is not a film about Madonna or by Madonna. She is just an actress here and a good one, <laughs> just right for the part. Schlesinger does not present her as a singer or a sex symbol, but as a person. Secondly, nobody has made a promise that this will be an in-depth, politically correct exploration of gay life. This is just a film and an entertaining one. There is no law in the land that says a gay person cannot be at times a trifle ridiculous or sentimental like other persons. Therefore, I recommend you follow the advice Madonna gives in her part as a yoga teacher. Take a deep breath and relax. Just enjoy this as another very good Schlesinger film, a real work of art. Five stars. Oh, no. Oh, that, that's a corker in itself, that review. Oh, God. Each to their own. I shouldn't be laughing. But yeah, Absolutely. Hold that one in. As we always say, look, enjoy whatever you enjoy, even if you're wrong. <laughs> and just know, Trevor, we never have to watch it again. Oh, I am definitely <laughs> never going to watch this again. <laughs> the only thing I should look, I shouldn't be too um, too flippant because I haven't heard what you're going to suggest next. <laughs> <laughs> I could change my tune. <laughs> you could indeed. Well, let's move on then, shall we? I say we're going to move on. We're not going to move very far. We're going to say stay in the year two thousand, Christian. Ooh. And uh, we're going to check out a very different type of movie. Uh, now, this one is rated a grand total of 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. It technically was a box office success, but only because its budget was a grand total of $13 million, uh, and it ended up grossing about $73 million worldwide. It really tried to, I suppose, cut in on, um, I guess you can say, a bit of stoner movie culture at the time. Uh, there were a few of movies of that type. And uh, however, this one is considered not the greatest even by stoner movie fans. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to go to the year 2000, check out the Aston Kutcher, Sean William Scott movie, Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Well, not what I was expecting. I was, the media. I was expecting, by the way, it's on my list. Well, I love, I love both of those actors to look at. Let's just say, and I've never seen that movie, so um, it'll be. On, but it's, I think it was one of those movies, even when it came out, because it was straight off the whole American Pie. Um, I suppose what was the other dude in? Um, like, yeah, that seventy show sort of um, vibe, and I think it just, yeah, I stayed away at the time. So I'll be interested to see it. Fair enough. Well, if anybody out there wants to watch it, uh, it is currently streaming on Foxtel now, uh, or you can rent or buy this from the Microsoft Store, Apple TV, Google Play, or YouTube. Wow, I never thought yep. I'd be watching this movie, but this, <laughs> this podcast brings that out for us. <laughs> well, uh, so, so that's the best thing about it. You never know <laughs> what's coming <laughs> next. Uh, now, uh, again, normally we'd probably talk a bit about um, about, about, about plugs. So, Christian, I'm not too sure if there's anything you want to plug at the moment beyond keeping an eye All on I can Christmas. say is just head to Christian, head to ChristianFletcher.com or Christian Fletcher Events on Facebook, and we're trying to do a few things, a lot of online things, as Trevor's 
been involved with as well. We've been doing a lot of retro parties and things. So I'm not sure when everything's, I hate to be so up in the air, but as we know, Trevor, everything does feel very up in the air. But um, yeah, look, stay on my website and my Facebook page and, you know, you'll always know what I'm doing, <laughs> whether it's online or in person. So. Absolutely. And there will be links in the podcast description down below. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, uh, if you want to have a bit more uh, fun with your ears, that sounds great. Um, you can also <laughs> subscribe to our, uh, our other Rufus Project Presents podcast, What the History, that I do with my wonderful wife, Susie. And we talk about a couple of bizarre bits of history uh, every when we do it at the moment. <laughs> I wish we had a standard routine, but no one's got a standard routine right now, let's face it. Uh, and if you want even more awesome stuff, and uh, this is where I want to say thank you to our lovely supporters on Patreon. So uh, thank the, you. a big shout out goes to Vicky, Brett, Andre and Mark. Thank you for your support. Yes, they paid for a shout out. And they also, Yay, thank get, you. they also get early access to the podcasts as they come out. So uh, if you want to be amongst the first to hear our new episodes, join that at patreon.com slash Rufus Project. There is also a whole pile of extra content you can get there as well. If you, uh, it's cool. If you can't do that, that is absolutely no issue. If you also head to our homepage, rufusproject.com, uh, you can find all our previous podcasts. I'm in the process of getting our old Rufus Project podcast redeeming feature um, episodes back online with the Rufus Project flashback. It's another thing you can subscribe to. Uh, and of course, all our links, all the subscribe links, all our contact details are all available on that site. So please check it out. Oh, there's plenty of content to choose from too. Oh, <laughs> there's boy. been a lot of movies, not just movies, but other stuff, but a lot of movies. <laughs> a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and yes, and let me just say, if you want to uh, get in on Hype or Shite or join our cult, then you do need to become a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely recommend it. Yes, please. <laughs> we promise good content. <laughs> we do indeed. Uh, so on that note, Thank you very much, Christian. And I don't know if I want to thank Leo. <laughs> um, I'll just blame Leo. Leo. Hey, Trevor. It was on my <laughs> list for eventually. If, if, if Leo didn't suggest it, I would have made you watch it in probably two years from now. So oh. we've, we've, you've, got, you've got over that hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do have a reason to thank Leo. Okay, cool. <laughs> I feel better now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so um, definitely uh, also keep an eye, obviously, on the... Uh, Rufus Project Presents Facebook page, which you can find pretty easily uh, for updates for um, future podcasts and other Rufus Project Presents shenanigans. Yep. <laughs> uh, so until next time, again, thanks for listening. Uh, if you've got any suggestions of movies you think we should check out, again, let us know on, on Facebook. Uh, let us know via the, the website or let us know in the comments below. And uh, we shall return uh, in, when we do, with uh, a look at Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> I look forward to it, I think. <laughs> look forward to it, Trevor, though. Even if, as we say, if the movie's bad, at least the chat's good. <laughs> Chats are always so good. So, again, thank you, Christian, and we'll catch you next time. Farewell. Last night, Jesse and Chester had the most unforgettable time of their lives. But this morning, 
Dude, where's my car? They can't remember a thing. It's Christy Boner, the hottest of the hot. Hi, Jesse. I had a really good time with you last night. Uh, if, have you seen my car? Well, I saw the back seat. Oh, I'm talking about the whole thing. Now, the only way to find their car. No way we were here last night. Look, it's Jesse and Chester. <laughs> is to find out what they did and who they did it to. Dude, you're a dude! Last night. You guys got more important things to worry about. Where were you between the hours of midnight and 2 a.m.? We don't remember. Hey, leave him alone. He doesn't know anything. We're the recipients of instructions from outer space. Last night, you were in possession of the Continuum Transfunctioner. Hey, have you guys ever been to Uranus? Go ahead and laugh. We are used to being mocked. Okay. <laughs> are you Jesse and Chester? I don't know. Why? Perhaps we will give you pleasure. That's us. Right here. If you give us the Continuum Transfunctioner. 20th Century Fox presents... Oh, Ikora! The ultimate. It's llama. Please get very still. In high adventure. You got a tattoo. So what are you doing? What does my tattoo say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. Dude, where's my car? What does mine say? So we What about mine? Dude! What does mine say? Sweet! You got a tattoo! So what are you doing? What does my tattoo say? Sweet! What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet! But it's good, what's this? Do you think we should? Got bad, I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Christian and Trevor on the case, watching movies from all over the place. I'm the beast, it's bad, but we want to know what's it fun to be had. Redeeming features. So that period then when you come out and there's, there, there, as you say, for two or three years, all the doors are open to you. Yeah, and then it's snapped shut. What, what was the snap? The snapshot was failure. Uh, um, as soon as um, I, I made um, my best friend's wedding, everything I did was a success to start with. And then my first failure, which was uh, the film I did with Madonna, which is called The Next Best Thing, it just it, it snapped shut from, from that minute onwards. That had an effect on her acting career as well. It knocked it on the head, thank yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs>